hope that it's understood in all the praise that I invest in Valtteri Pustin and have been doing so for a long time, that it's somewhat, not entirely, but somewhat symbolic. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Penguins, four. Canadiens, one. A really, yeah, other than the first 10 minutes in which the home team seemed to be sleeping again. Solid overall showing, though. Gave up the first goal. A really bad Chris Letang giveaway. Got it back on a Letang shot. Brian Rust scores six seconds into a power play. Gasp. And then 21 seconds later, Pustinen passes across to Drew O'Connor for a blazing wrist shot over Caden Primo's blocker that made it 3-1. Latang would hit another one of those 200-foot empty netters, and that would be that. But I show up for work here today, as I often do, laying figurative flowers at Pustinen's feet because I see a young player who can make a difference in Pittsburgh, and that my friends, is what's known as a unicorn. It's been a long, 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 long time since anyone's done that. And that's part of the reason that I get as spirited as I do when he gets buried. Even if it's just for a shift, never mind a game. So I'm going to run through the last week or so in the life of Pustinen to try to make some sense of this for you. If you go back to the Chicago game a week ago, I was up in the press box at the United Center, and uh, if you've ever been to that place, that's really, really far. It's a massive arena, way too big, actually, built for Michael Jordan and nobody else. But I kept a close eye on Pustinen because he had just come back from the minors, and I hadn't been all that delighted by his game before his demotion. You might recall on this show that I kind of had a shrug when he was sent back. Well, I was very impressed with what I saw out there. The advanced analytics, such as they are in hockey, meaning, you know, shots on goal, shot attempts, the end. They weren't favorable to him. I didn't care. I saw something in his step that I really liked. I saw something that looked a little different. And when I asked Mike Sullivan out there afterward, what was his view of the kids showing in general, he he gave a, a rather lengthy and detailed answer. And somewhere in there, he included something about getting his speed back. And there wasn't a whole lot of time. It wasn't a back and forth discussion or anything. So I just kind of promised myself I was going to ask him what he meant by that some point soon. And I did that last night. And I want to play for you the entire exchange. Give this a listen. It's good stuff. Mike, you mentioned something the other night about Pustin and uh, finding his speed since he came back. What did, first of all, what did you mean by that second? Did any of it show itself tonight? Yeah, I think he's got another gear. Okay. You know, and it did show itself tonight on the forecheck. You know, he chased a couple of defensemen down, um, forced turnovers, 
and uh, you know I, I think that his the the step that he's picked up uh, maybe more is really evident in his overall game. He's always been a guy that has good offensive instincts. Um, you know we think there's there's more there to to his uh, ability to help us produce offense. He can score goals. He's shown ability to score goals uh, at the American League level. He's good. He's got a great one-timer. Um, so he's getting better and better with every game he's playing. We're, we're real excited about the progress that he's made. Um, and, I, and I think the the foot speed that he's picked up, I think, is really going to help him moving forward. He's in better shape also. He's he's more fit. Um, he's just in, he's in much better shape. And, that's just part of the learning process that a young kid goes through and you know, just understanding what type of condition that you have to be in to play in the NHL. Um, and he's done a great job just working in the offseason and you know, doing a better job with his diet, nutrition, and things of that nature. So all of those things are important to set players up for success. You know, he's really embraced everything that our support staff has kind of helped him with. And, uh, to his credit, he's, uh, he continues to get better and better. We're really excited about his game. Here's why I'm sharing this with you. I've been critical, and by the way, will continue to be critical, when young players like Pustinen don't get a fair chance for the simple reason that they're stuck behind some lousy veteran who just knows his way around the world, but isn't necessarily able to play NHL-level hockey anymore. And I really didn't like that Pustinen was a healthy scratch after that showing in Chicago, meaning for the loss against the Kings. And I didn't even like that he was benched for a single shift last night after a not very good giveaway in the defensive zone when the Penguins were trying to protect the lead. Just let him play through it, you know? It's not like he's going to stop trying. And it's also not like he didn't know he messed up. A pretty bright kid. But upon hearing Sullivan's explanation that I just played for you, I have a little bit more of an understanding and an empathy for what coaches will go through whenever they do sit or scratch a young player. We don't always know these things. I didn't know this about Pustinen until Sullivan had spoken it out loud. Just now, I didn't know that NHL-level fitness wasn't an issue. That's not to say that the kid is lazy, and that's not at all what Sullivan was suggesting, just going through his words there. Young players, and this applies to all sports, have to elevate their level of conditioning from minors to majors. That's football, baseball, you name it. Mike Tomlin of the Steelers has a saying that he speaks often over at their headquarters. He universally laughs off any rookie's conditioning level and tells them that in year two, they need to be in NFL shape. That's just a policy he's adopted. He sees almost no chance that that athlete will show up at the Steelers facility in the condition that they need to be in. And then sure enough, year two comes along and we'll see these same people, these kids, come walking into the locker room looking completely different. So that's what Sullivan was getting at. And that's, again, new to me. Now, all that said, I'll reiterate, K 
kid needs to play. He needs to play. Drew O'Connor needs to play. Any other young players that they have or acquire, including now Emil Bemstrom they picked up for next to nothing last night in the middle of the game from the Blue Jackets, he needs to play. He's 24. Let him fly around. Have some energy added to this process. Heaven knows they could use it. When we come back, J1Q... comes from Paul who asks DK can this experiment with Matthew Phillips be done my god why is he in the lineup let alone getting top six minutes over the likes of Drew O'Connor and Valtteri Pustinen you know there's a saying in this business and probably a lot of other businesses but specifically to the reporting slash podcasting slash writing business that there's low-hanging fruit Well, I don't even mean that in a punny way towards someone who might be the smallest hockey player I've ever seen. But this young man, with all due respect for his having made it to the NHL, which is an achievement unto itself, and I'm not being remotely snarky when I say that, has no business being in this league. I want to know who the evaluator was that recommended claiming him off waivers. I want to know who laid eyes on him, who came up with the analytics to support the acquisition. I have not ever seen in my life someone so visibly overmatched wearing a Pittsburgh sweater. And it got to the point, I'm not kidding you, where He's coming out for the second period. He's still on Gino's line, and I'm feeling terrible for him. I'm thinking, just do like a mercy killing or something. Get him off the rink. Not for our sake, but for his own. He was getting ragdolled at every turn. Anytime he approached the Montreal zone with the puck, he would just basically hand it to the Canadians, and they would come back the other way. And if this was one bad game, look, everyone who's ever played hockey other than Mario Lemieux had a bad game. This is all he's done every single shift since he's been here. So this isn't just some crisis in confidence. I have the most amazing statistic to share with you. You ready for this? As you point out, he opened the game on a line with Gino and O'Connor. Five minutes and three seconds of ice time for that unit. Montreal attempted 15 shots to Pittsburgh's one. I'm not kidding. You ready now? Okay, so give Mike Sullivan credit, at least after the fact. He ended up making a switch. This was early in the second period or late in the first. There might have been one shift late in the first, but he put Pustinen out there meaning with Gino and O'Connor, and the shot attempts were Pittsburgh 11, Montreal 1 from that point forward. So 15 to 1 in the Canadians' favor, and then 11 to 1 in the Penguins' favor. I mean, no, okay? By the time you're hearing this show, 
at sunrise, he already should have been. I, I don't want to be mean. He he can't be on this roster. He can't be on this roster for another day. And look, it's not his fault. They thought he was an NHL player. It's theirs. This was a massive, massive lapse in judgment at a really, really lousy time. Second line next to Gino? Come on. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, and we will do another one of these Monday to talk about the big game against the Flyers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.